0: Welcome to the Sustainable Events Podcast, where we talk with our special guests about the most up-to-date topics in sustainability and tech for events. This podcast is powered by Circular Unity, the company accelerating a future of sustainable smart events.
1: Hello everyone, here Eduardo Lebri, your host of Sustainable Events Podcast. And with me, my dear co-founder Alberto.
2: Thank you, Eduardo. Thank you for the introduction.
1: Today we have a very special guest with us. His name is Almer Kuro. He's passionate about sustainability and working in the field for the last 30 years. He's also the senior account director at Apropo and Genesis Exhibits. Oh, thank you very much for joining us uh, in the podcast. Uh, Ma- it's pleasure. my pleasure
0: my pleasure
1: excellent oh i will start asking you to tell uh, us and who is watching us or listening on spotify and apple podcast uh, to tell a bit about what you do a bit about yourself so everyone know with whom we are talking
0: okay Well, I've been in the uh, trade show exhibit business for the last 33 years. Uh, 30 with the current company I'm with now, Genesis Exhibits. Uh, I've had an experience before that in the live event industry since college uh, doing something totally different, but it was more uh, concert-related live music, uh, sound and lighting for concerts, which sort of lends itself into The live event industry of trade shows has a lot of the same components, a lot of the same skill sets that are used for that. So it was kind of a natural progression to get into the uh, trade show world. But um, it's it's an extremely interesting business. And the fact that we work with varied clients, varied projects. It's not just trade show related, by the way. It is special event related. So there are some non-trade show applications we work on. Uh, For example, in 2018, I actually produced a soccer, or should I say football, uh, game um, at the United Nations for uh, the German consulate, uh, where they had retired uh, professional players from Europe come over and play against the delegates. And we did this on the grounds of the United Nations uh it was the most unique thing I've ever done in my life uh the security was unreal but we had to bring in a field we had to bring in grandstands we had to bring in tents we had press conferences we had food stations it was it was quite an experience and nothing like a trade show at all but um that sort of gives you that sort of gives you the the extreme end of what we do as well
1: it's a very good perspective oh I know that you are also part of uh, Muse and also of EDP, would you? Well,
0: that, yeah, that gets us into the sustainability part of this. And I'll give you a little bit of background on that um, for years. What has bothered me about the trade show industry is there's something called build and burns it's, it's a term given in our industry for, for clients who build an exhibit and it's mostly used in, in Europe and Asia, even to this day. Where they'll build an exhibit, usually for a one-time event. Uh, their events in Europe sometimes will will be every three to four years for some of the bigger trade shows, especially in what, Germany.
1: What usually happens with uh, the materials used? Uh,
0: well, that's the that's to the point. Them. Is their their intention is not to use it again, not to ship it back to pay for extra shipping. So in their in their mind, we'll just put it into the dumpster and put it it into the landfill and and it just is such a waste of materials to be done that way so um the the positive side of that right now is companies are really thinking about not doing that any longer uh there's an organization that manages and produces shows a lot in Europe called informa Uh, they've started a program last year to get away from build and burns, and and talk about uh, reusing equipment such as uh, rental as an option. Uh, renting is is a way of reusing the same hardware and repurposing it and getting it to be used again and again and again rather than throw it away. Um, which leads you to the graphic part of the business, where the graphics are usually printed for that particular company for that particular event sometimes. And it is hard to sometimes recycle or reuse, uh, graphics for an event. Uh, but, uh, Is there a storage a problem. problem yeah if even the... Uh, well today with the printing of uh, fabric graphics, they don't take up a lot of room. So the storage is really not the issue. It's usually just, uh, the marketing message might be old and it might be something that's not going to be current for the next event. So a lot of companies tend tend to upgrade their graphics for the next event and change them. However, um, the IMAX America show, which just has happened, just, just finished, I believe in, in Las Vegas, um, the IMAX folks are very, very conscious of sustainability and they hired a company called Meat Green, which produces the event for them. And just by the name alone, you can tell they're in, involved with sustainability. But uh, when I when I spoke to the woman uh, who runs Meet Green last year, she said they'll take some of those graphics from the IMAX is a um, travel show, destination show. So it's a lot of countries that are trying to get people to visit their country for tourism, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of destination shots, a lot of really beautiful shots of countries of beaches, of whatever. And they found senior citizens' homes that would take the graphics and put them on common wall spaces within the senior citizen home to give them a visual of something really nice to look at. And that, again, that's a great repurposing of a graphic that may have been thrown away in the past and not yes, and not absolutely. be reused.
2: I have um I have a question for you. This uh, build and burn uh, in my mind is, it was like the traditional approach what was always done how things were always done right when did you start noticing that change of trend
0: when did you notice like the things are changing uh, the approach there was no yeah there was no specific date I think it's just been a gradual change Mm -hmm. um Asia still has an issue with this um where they're still doing the throwaway the into the landfill kind of thing um I had a situation with a financial company here in New York that wanted to build three different exhibits same exhibit but one for europe one for the u.s and one for asia and she chose to go with us for the european one and for the the u.s one but she said oh i can get it so much cheaper in asia which is true but um i warned her i said they have a habit of not reusing things over there so be careful have it put in the contract that this is something you want to reuse and not throw away so we produced the two we did everything was fine about five months later she calls me up she says you were a hundred percent correct she said they threw the booth away after the first show (laughs) they didn't keep it and i said well didn't you have that in the contract she said i thought we did but nobody listened you know so Again, it's, it's a mindset that I, I just, people have to get out of that mindset of, of doing things that way. Definitely. 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 It's,
1: it's much more advantage if uh, we can have uh, reusable ones that not even for the same event, but that can be reused for different events in some way. Uh, we've been talking recently about renting and leasing. Yeah. Uh, I think this is one of the best uh, solutions for this dilemma, in, in my personal opinion, and can decrease quite a lot in the the waste in the landfill is one thing, so we avoid burning.
0: Well, well the funny th- the funny thing is we've we've been re- we've been renting for decades. It's it's nothing new in terms of exactly. rental. It was um, just this smart decision. Well, but, 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 but it was never thought about being sustainable as being the reason why people would rent. It's It just makes economic sense because if you're going to use it for one event, the renting is about a third of the price of the purchase of the hardware. So if it's only going to be used once, even if it's once a year, it financially makes sense to rent. Uh, if you start using it, three to four times a year, then renting probably doesn't make financial sense. And then now uh, a very strong
1: uh, argument that uh, people even should opt always by these means as not only will save their costs that can be repurposed in their event uh, planning, Mm -hmm. but also will avoid uh, emissions and uh, more waste in the landfill.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and as, as part of our services that we offer our clients, we do storage as part of our program. We're a full what they call, turn turnkey company. We basically will design the exhibit for the client. We will produce it for them. We will ship it for them. We will install it, have our labor force put it up at the event. So it could be pretty much a hands off for the client that we pretty much take care of everything, including storing it with us. And um, uh, today, with I think people cutting back on their staffs, uh, and there's a lot of new people out there that are not familiar with how these things work. After we've come out of COVID now, uh, that, you service... notice that
1: there are uh, there is kind of after COVID. Uh, this is something we talked on the first uh, podcast with Will, like a difference on the profile of people working in the events industry.
0: Well, I'm I'm, I'm an old I'm an old guy, so I'm noticing everyone being much younger than me, obviously coming into the business and they don't have as much experience. A lot of people did make changes during covid. A lot of people retired, a lot of job changes, people switching jobs Um, in our industry alone, uh, not just the trade show industry, but the live event industry as a whole coming out of COVID, we are going through a not only a supply chain crisis right now uh, with materials, labor is the biggest issue. Uh, a lot of our carpenters, a lot of our uh, electricians, a lot of our graphic printing people found jobs elsewhere in whatever, wherever they are. I don't know where they are, but they're building homes or whatever they're doing. Something they feel is more steady work and they're not coming back to the live event industry. And uh, so what I'm working on right now with another organization I'm, I've been part of as an advisory board member, I'm on the advisory board of the National Trade Show Alliance. And we started a 18 month mobile trailer tour. It's a uh, like a historical trailer museum kind of thing about the trade show industry. It was in Philadelphia about three weeks ago, it was in Washington in June, and we're trying to it's called the invisible industry tour because not everyone knows about our industry. They don't know there's, there's an actual industry out there that people have careers in and make a living in and all this. And, and it's quite interesting for a lot of people, but there's not a lot of people that know about it. So it's called the invisible industry tour. And we're trying to educate, um, college students, high school students, military vets, um, people that are, that would, are looking for a career change and could could fulfill the the needs we have right now, which we definitely need even union workers here in the U S there's a shortage of union labor. Uh, the, the the children of some of the union people that used to come into their industry and follow their father's footsteps, they're not doing that anymore. They're, they're finding that that's not a job we want to do. We don't want to do what my dad did kind of thing. So, um, we definitely have a shortage right now, and and what has happened as business came back out of COVID, our lead times have been accelerated. Now we, we used to do if we, we took us two to three weeks to produce something, now it's taking four to six weeks to do something, because it's just we just don't have the staffs to do it. It's again not my company; it's the whole industry.
2: Hmm. I wouldn't, yeah, I have something yeah, got, in mind.
0: We got, we got off the sustainability chat. chat a little no, like no, no,
2: it's absolutely fine. <laughs> and like my question Thank probably will redirect really direct to the that. conversation there. Um, I have one question for you. Um, yes. Did you find the, so say, say a trade show, um, an exhibition in the 90s, right? Everything would be hardware, everything would be, you know, big banners, materials, as you say, wood to build and stands. Does this transition towards the digital in the last, uh, I would say, Twenty years, for example, um, represent an opportunity to reduce the use of materials. For example, instead of um, reusable banners, right, uh, screens, or screens with um, uh, digital uh, reels or digital, you know, uh, uh, images that represent uh, the business stance. Business is this. Is this something that you uh, that you think about in in your work that you implement actively, well, or that's is it just another... there?
0: Yeah, with the technology that's that's done, especially yeah. in the graphic printing, yeah. that has been a huge shift in the last 20 years. Um, in the 90s, things were produced, graphics were produced uh, mostly photographic or uh, inkjet graphics that would be laminated with with a coating on it, and and would have to be and there's a cost factor to to doing that and a, and a waste of lamination materials that were, were when those graphics get thrown away that all gets thrown away and it's a cost factor to print produce things that way a fabric printing came into vogue in about 2000 2001 uh, the quality got better in about 2004 2005 in terms of the resolution of the printing on fabric and that created a whole shift away from the lamination which was a great thing and going towards the fabric which easier to ship doesn't take up a lot more room you know cuts down on emissions for for shipping purposes mm-hmm. uh storage is not an issue you know it takes up less room for storage uh it's actually less expensive to print uh, but the biggest thing today is some of our graphics are being produced with recycled materials which is great the fabric graphics are being produced that way from recycled materials so that's finding a new way of producing as technology has gotten better Uh, One of the downsides for uh, recycled materials being used in our industry was 15 years ago when it started to come into play, uh, the cost was extremely high to produce an exhibit with recycled materials. It just, there wasn't, there's still not too many companies doing it, it, but the cost factor was tremendous. So if a company had a mission to find vendors that produce things with sustainable materials or recycled materials, once my marketing people that I, I usually work with marketing and event people, they just said, it's not in our budget. We, we can't afford to, to buy something that's made sustainable. The good news is in 2019, the price came way down. It's now about the same price to build a regular exhibit versus a exhibit with sustainable materials. So the that roadblock that people had back 15 years ago is no longer there. So it should open the door now. unfortunately, COVID hit just about the time the price went down. So it's now re-educating these new people to kind of think this way and start to think and, and buy from vendors that do make things from recycling. We see these
1: not, not only here, but, uh, there will be millions of different cases in this day, in different industries where people will only start using the sustainable option once it's financially viable. So I really hope that uh, more and more sustainable options can reach this point to match the unsustainable ones. The more and more we see this happening, people choosing those options, even if they are more expensive now, it means that more money will go into making this into a scale economy where the price goes down. well the, well, the, well, the
0: good news is, as we educate people more on this, they start to think this way. But also within our industry, um, my uh, I also am on the EDPA uh, Sustainability Committee uh, and recently joined them. And um, we're starting a program where we're, we're coming up with criteria and sort of This is the way things need to be built and how they're going to be built um, and setting standards for our industry. And I'm hoping by 2035 that this will be something everyone is doing. It's not even a discussion anymore. Absolutely.
1: Oh, I I believe you have uh, some tips for the industry uh, on how to be more sustainable. Uh, so maybe you'd like to share us some, some ways how can the exhibits stay green?
0: Well, I'd well, love I to do that. know uh, 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 If not you can share it on the screen, screen, screen or... Let me try. you hear this? Yep, Um, let's talk about that first one first, 10 ways to stay green when you exhibit. So when you're buying or designing an exhibit, um, the funny thing is the first one on here is choose a long lasting reusable modular stand. Uh, That is again, something my company's been doing for over 35 years. So it's not something new, it's something we've always done and uh, we had a, actually a frame, one of our portable frames had a lifetime guarantee on it, and and people t- today are still using a frame. I had one client that bought it in 1989; they're still using the same frame. So uh, that in itself is a, is a yeah is a great thing that people you know still use the same hardware and not throw it away. Unfortunately, when new people join a company. They may not be familiar with what's in stock some people keep these things in their own offices if it's small portable items uh the larger things are the ones that we store for clients but um i've had sad stories to tell you when when a new new contact comes into play there they weren't aware that they even owned anything from us and they said oh we saw some black cases we didn't know what it was and we threw it away and i'm like oh <laughs> you know, it's just heartbreaking when you hear these stories like this because it's 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 not only costly for the company to rebuy something, yeah. but it's just a waste of materials at that point. Yeah. Um, and the 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 idea of using these for multiple shows, you know, is what you know most companies have multiple shows they go to. So these reusable exhibits are definitely the way to go. Um, carpeting, carpeting thing. is one of the biggest things that uh at a show most shows in the US I'm not sure how it's handled in in the in Europe and Asia as much uh clients will rent the carpeting from the show contractor the show contractor is the company that the show management hires to run the show so they they supply the labor if it's union labor they'll supply the carpeting they'll supply the um they call it pipe and drape which is the material that's used to define the booth spaces that people go in with their exhibits uh, they'll make arrangements for the advanced shipments of the items to come into the event that kind of thing but they also like i said rent the carpeting and it's going to be hard for me to say this most of them when they hear rental as we talked about before in their world renting the carpeting unfortunately means they throw it away after the show is over. Uh, what, what happens with carpeting is sometimes it's cut to put electrical wires in and things like that. So it's hard to reuse a carpet that's been cut. If it's been cut with holes in it, and things like that, it may not work for the next show, for the next exhibitor. Um, so that is something we're trying to address within the industry to see if we can come up with something better for that. Uh, but there are ways for clients to purchase carpeting that, that are made from recycled materials that they own and can bring to the show. So that's, again, that's a reuse type of thing that gets reused at a show like that. Um, the worst thing that's that I really I just mentioned this to someone last week is shrink wrap. And shrink wrap is a plastic material that is used to wrap the pallets. So if there's a lot of items sitting on a wooden pallet when it's being shipped, they put this clear wrap around Mm. the boxes and it keeps it all together from falling apart and, and shifting in the, in the shipment. But when they get to the show site that gets unwrapped and thrown away in the garbage, thrown away. Yeah. So that's another waste of material that we have to figure out a way to reuse that material. And I'm not sure how that's going to work. Um, Lighting is extremely important. Uh, Lighting has changed over the years. Um, It used to be incandescent lights that got very hot, used up a lot of power. Um, It went to halogen lights, which also were very hot and uh, needed to be changed quite a bit. They didn't last in shipment that much. They, they They were more delicate. So today, LED lighting is definitely cooler it's definitely reusable more more and more they don't have to be replaced that often they last longer uh so all our exhibits now use led lights on everything and and alberto going back to something before that you mentioned about we were talking about graphics changing over the decades uh the use of technology i think you were le- you're kind of leaning on that question i think that was part yeah. of your question uh with video monitors with um uh, large LED screens, LCD, you know, that are being used. I I just did an exhibit uh, last fall with the entire 20 by 30 exhibit with all LED walls, screens. It it was all moving images. And it creates a real big draw at the show. It's it's one of those things because not every exhibit does that. So it's very competitive at trade shows in terms of catching someone's eye to get you into their booth. So, It's a little bit of show business. You got to be a little bit more better than you have to be better than the the other guy. And the more you can can track someone's eye and moving images is a great way to do that. It's a great way to change graphics, change information without having to print something. And, uh, I had one company that would change. Uh, it was a company that represented uh, performing artists and, and every year their, their roster changed with their performers that they represent And they would just put small pictures of each artist up on the... And this is going back 30 years ago. They would put back small pictures on on the display and have to reprint those graphics like every year. And I convinced them to go to a monitor. I said, why don't you just have a a rolling screen of all the performers you have? It's easier to change for the next show. You're not going to have to reprint anything. You can use a generic graphic to work every year for your company and just have the monitors be your display of what changes and they went with that and they that's the way they continue to do things today so i'm sorry i didn't finish that that thought before
2: um no no it's i want to i want to jump in before you continue with it ways to stay mm -hmm. green when you exhibit um listening to you it seems that there are many things going on in the sense that people are really thinking things through um my question for you is there some sort of industry standard being developed or is more you know consensual or is more about a uh, availability of information say that i want going to put a stand and i want to inf- inform myself of develop available options what are more sustainable um how is is this developing in a certain direction is yeah uh, and, and that's, coming, and for it, example
0: it's one of the things that uh i find an issue with all the different organizations out there thinking this way i i feel they should be working together uh Mm -hmm. because if you're trying to come up with standards you want everyone to be on the same page and and do the same thing and so there are organizations doing exactly what you just said they're they're coming up with the standards and i think it's just getting people to kind of work together a little bit more and not waste that energy and reinvent the wheel so to speak uh if 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 somebody's doing in fact case in point um I was contacted by a gentleman who who asked me for the same list of things. He said, do you have anything you can send me? I'm putting together a criteria list for, um, a, a, ironically, a, a country in, in Asia that's trying to come up with this idea. So he's being paid to come up with the standards. And he had to go out and try to find people to give him the information that he could use in his standards that he was putting together. So I I was more than happy to share this the same things I've been sharing with my clients with him and I said that the EDPA is also working on this and he said well I'll be glad when my pro- project is over he says I will work with you and EDPA and come up with standards for you guys and nice. that we could share the, and we could share that information and there's other organizations doing the same thing we we met uh, the three of us met because of our connection with the uh, net zero, net carbon zero initiative uh, that w- the EDPA committee of mine just joined. And I guess that's how I, I got in touch with you guys. So uh, it, I think they're doing some great things. And again, that's, that's a page that everyone uh, I'm seeing it more, more of the people that joined that so far have been from Europe, not as much from the U S so we got to get more people to, you know, get involved with that pledge Mm -hmm. as well. Absolutely. Completely agree.
1: And from all, every kind of stakeholders, um, not only the people that are exhibiting, for example, but the people that are attending, Mm -hmm. uh,
0: so they can keep the exhibitors
1: on, on
2: check.
0: And, uh, not to go through everything on this list, but the last one is interesting, promote your green credentials and spread the word out about sustainability. And that's Mm -hmm. speaking on behalf of the exhibitor. Um, I had a a new client in 2019 that was a very startup company in the the, um, health field, uh, tech-based company. Uh, My first question I ask clients when I meet with them is, does your company have a a mission statement to be sustainable? And uh, he didn't seem to be that interested, didn't really hit a button with him i guess and and you know so i moved on from there but that was right about the time that that i mentioned the pricing had come down and so i said well this shouldn't even be a question now let's just design and build the booth out of recycled materials for him and which is what we did and we shipped it to the first show and that's when i told him i said by the way bill i said this is all made from recycled materials and he was thrilled (laughs) He was thrilled. He said, wow, that's great. He says, the owner of the company is going to love that. And uh, he he said, we're going to put it on our website and we're going to tell people. And I said, well, that's exactly what we got to start getting people to to do that. I said, the more they hear about that, it gets the other clients to think that way. And maybe his competitors will start to think this way. And just just build things. We see see them doing it. I would
1: say, we also got to have it. Yeah.
2: Yep. Yeah, if, <laughs> even if the people the companies that won't actively take action on their own, they will be um, open to this kind of you know, uh, offer, right? They might not actively ask you, hey, can you build a sustainable stand for me? But uh, as you said, if you provide them with one, they will not say no. They will be, as you said, yep. thrilled and happy uh, because then they can include it in their communications, which is, a, I think, it's a leverage point. Like, Look, if you do this, then you can say confidently communicate in your marketing and PR uh, uh, materials that you have done this this way and you have the credentials. As you said, right, it's important to put the word out and get others to, to follow.
0: Well, there's, there's, there's two, two things I can talk about on that uh, subject. One, um, there's a lot of agencies I deal with um, and, and agencies that do experiential work their clients and um one such agency called momentum reached out to me in november last year and said we're starting a program called make it matter and they're going to basically want their clients to do all their events sustainably built sustainably built with just not just with the structures but just planning the event to be sustainable and it was the first agency i heard that was deciding to do this as part of a marketing plan that they had, or it was just maybe it was just their plan that they wanted to be more sustainable themselves. So it was very, very, um, nice to hear this, you know, from one company. And actually I heard another company about a month later doing the same thing, another agency. So, um, again, it's, that's, that feeds on itself. I think it's a competitive thing, but yet it's the right thing to do.
1: Definitely. And more and more we see of them coming and um, fighting with each other to be the most sustainable, the better for the industry and the better for yeah.
0: the Yeah, industry. yeah. That's it's, it's what makes, makes change in the world is, is sometimes it's, uh, it's seeing what, you're, what, you're, what your competitor um, competitors doing and you want to be doing that too. So that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing.
1: Just wanted to bring a connection uh, back to to the list. There, I identified at least one uh, sustainability sustainable development goal, one SDG, uh, that uh, matches with the the tips you gave, and uh, that is the SDG number twelve. I promised uh, to our listeners that every episode I will be sharing uh, something related to this. So we will be sharing with you guys the materials from all so all of you can have the the tips to, to make exhibits industry more sustainable and be sure that if you follow those tips, you're going to be also helping with the SDG number 12 that is responsible consumption and production. Uh, this, perfect example of how you can implement these at your events um, i
0: love for i love for that to be shared as much with as many people as possible so amazing
1: I will leave uh, a link uh, on the comments and uh, I will place the the files to, to be downloadable by anyone who wants to to check them out um uh, I have one one last question for you all this is something that we always bring at, at the end of our episodes. Uh, it's a bit uh, the, the controversial topic uh, of uh, sustainability. Uh, that is about greenwashing. Um, we have been seeing a lot of greenwashing signs in many different parts of the industries uh, of entertainment, live events, hospitality. Mm-hmm. So, how do like to ask you to, to share your opinion about this, uh, how can exhibitors, for example, avoid to, to be, uh, taxed as a, a green washer, uh, well,
0: example? we call it, uh, talk the talk and walk the walk. Um, it, it's, people can talk whatever they want to say, but if they're not doing it, that's not a good thing. Um, so, Absolutely. uh, I think, we're both, uh, we know Michelle Fox from the uh, MUSE organization, the members United for Sustainable Events, which uh, I'm also a member of and um, very involved with. And she asked me to put together something about, um, I guess, my background and talk about our sustainability and what we do to be sustainable. So I, I I didn't know how much space she was giving me to do this, so I just put a very small, short, short statement together. And she said, well, that sounds screenwashing. It, it doesn't sound like you're doing that much, you know, when when you, but I said, well, I didn't, how much space, how much space do I have? And she said, well, it's just, you know, make it, a, make it a, like a list of things. And, and uh, that's one of the other lists that you can definitely share with people too. Um, you know, just for example, uh, on that list is not just, just the LED lightings we've talked about before and how we produce our, our graphics from recycled materials and using uh or even anything with plexi using recycled materials for that uh, it even goes down to our shipping crates they're made from certified wood that's been certified by the by the forest industry uh so it's it's not just producing the things that you produce sort of in a recycled way it's also uh, certifying that you have these things being certified by the industries that we get the materials from and um so we it's all about
1: when people come back to you to make sure that you are sustainable you are able to prove it
0: yeah we have all the proof for that and like i said we have a very detailed things we do i shared with 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 michelle and i shared it with you as well of how we produce things and things will get this list will get longer i think as we go along Uh, there is a show out there that's a sustainability sustainability show where they actually to be an exhibitor at the show, you have to have an exhibit that's made from sustainable materials. So that, that again, here's starting again with a company, setting the tone or how they want their exhibitors to be at the show. And it's again, this all goes in, it's everyone that has to be involved. It's the show organizer, it's the show contractor. There's a lot of waste they go through, the amount of waste that goes through on the show floor, the stuff that gets thrown away the giveaway items uh the pre, we call them premium items that people give away uh products like pens, uh literature it, it's you know you have to rethink do you really need to bring any literature today when people can go to your website is there a reason why you're printing things that get through most of the literature gets thrown away anyway hmm. so that's a complete waste the hmm. pens are the cheap pens that people get to give away to people with their logo on them if it breaks within a month after you get it, it doesn't really send a good message as the as the person's throwing it in the garbage with your logo on it. It, it, Why get cheap pens? You should get something of value. You know, one, one of our clients actually took that and took it to a next level. They, they bought, instead of buying a bunch of thousands of cheap pens, they bought 25 really expensive pens. And they sent the top of the pen to their top 25 clients they wanted to come to visit them at the show. And they would get the rest of the pen when they came into the booth and picked up the rest of the pen. They got to see all 25 of their people. All 25 came to the booth. And...
2: First, Al. Um, technical for, problems.
1: We had some technical issues, but it was lovely to talk to Omer Kuro, uh,
2: what yes. a step to get, right? I would um, like to... ah, oh, there he's back. joining back. joining back. I think we lost you there, I'm
0: sorry. That's okay. It's,
2: it's, I just wanted no. to introduce, um, if you allow me, Eduardo Nal. Um, um, I would like to introduce one last thought for this uh, podcast, because I think we have abused our time, you know, for today, probably. Okay. Um, it, it looks like uh, that there are many things happening and you guys are doing a fantastic job at, uh, you know, approaching all these individual items and trying to find the best or the most convenient solution to make it sustainable, to use the, the carbon footprint, etc. But it, because we are at Silicon Unity, what we do is we offer all which is a, a data-driven Platform for sustainability management for right? the entertainment industry. So it's like data, 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 right? And I was I was uh, listening to you, and it seems that the 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 industry could do uh, with uh, a bit more of a data-driven approach to start measuring things. Oh, technical problems. Tin 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 tin. There you are. <laughs> um, no, sorry, I was saying that. Um, uh the, the industry could do with a with uh, with a bit more of a data-driven approach start measuring um start collecting insights and find this this higher level this holistic approach to 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 make this type of uh, events uh, sustainable i suppose that is difficult because uh, every every event individually they set up their requirements then every exhibitor for their stand they have their own requirements so it's i suppose that it's difficult to put all these these uh uh needs together and to come up with a solution that uh, is as close as possible as to you know to being sustainable but um this is just an idea like data introduce this idea of data into into sustainability the right? analytics they are, they go hand in
0: hand I, yeah of course they do and and I think that's part of what we need to prove to people what and which which is I think where you where you guys come in um is is proving that analytics and how it's it's going to be beneficial for for not only the company but also for the environment and for the world absolutely
2: so i couldn't but agree with that yeah.
0: oh it was
1: really a pleasure having you today with us uh cannot appreciate you enough uh, thank you very much
0: oh my and, pleasure uh, my pleasure this was fun
1: it was definitely fun. Uh, we really hope uh, to have you back, maybe in the future, to make another episode, maybe in a bigger group. Uh, let's see it. Maybe a LinkedIn live. Um, yeah,
2: uh, that should be fine as well. Yes.
1: And right. this is one more episode of Sustainable Events Podcast. Thank
2: you everyone for watching. Thank you. Okay.
0: Welcome to the Sustainable Events Podcast, where we talk with our special guests about the most up-to-date topics in sustainability and tech for events. This podcast is powered by Circular Unity, the company accelerating a future of sustainable smart events.